All right, Matthew, welcome to episode 38 of the Performance Advantage podcast with Dr. Will O'Connor and Dr. Matt Miller, sports scientists. This week, we have a banger show. It's the Strava episode. And this coincides with the release of the 2019 Strava data report. So we're going to dive into that. And we'll also link in Will's training report, Matt's brake power meter update, this week in sports that we talk about, and topic of the week. That's a good one, I think. Is Strava good or bad for your training in general? And a word from our sponsors, smartmtbtraining.com and endurancetraininghub.com. Everything you need to train for running ultramarathons, triathlons, and then over at smartmtbtraining.com, you get enduro, cross country, the super long stuff that sounds also called enduro, so I don't know how that works, but it does. And competition of the week. Giving away a endurance sports consultation with myself, Dr. Will O'Connor. So that is a consultation with, followed with a personalized 12-week plan, valued at $199. So we gave away one with Matt last episode, and we're giving away another one this episode. So stay tuned at the end uh, to find out if you're a winner. Let's get on with the show. All right, Matt's break power meter update. Matt, it's been a couple of weeks. We'll find out why in the in the next Will's training report. But what's been going on with the break power meter? The world's first break power meter for analyzing braking in mountain biking. Heck yeah. Um, lots of things, honestly. I think I said it last week or last time we did the podcast that braking is the first thing that I think about in the morning and the last thing I think about before I go to bed. Did I say that yes. in the podcast? Or you said that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I ended up saying that to someone else, and then I thought about it, and I was like, mm, "This is weird," because it's actually true. So now I'm just kind of rolling with it. Like, yeah, I'm just—I I just love breaking. Yeah, but I know, like, I don't just be like, "Hey, hello, my name's Matt. I love breaking." It's like breaking Holics Anonymous, but yeah. Um, it doesn't exist. <laughs> Not yet, but um, sometimes I think I could use it because sometimes I'm just thinking about it when I'm sleeping. I usually dream about it. But anyway, we've been um, kind of dialing in our braking metrics mostly. So we've come up with lots of new metrics that, you know, because so the whole, you know, since this is the Strava episode, the way I see the brake power meter going and where it's headed is that it's going to integrate really, really nicely with Strava, right? And this comes from my own experience. And this is kind of why we're talking about Strava. It's because I had a big <laughs> crash <laughs> last week. So, like, if you would have listened to episode one, I would have probably been talking smack on Strava. Right? Hard. Yeah. Like, episode one through to 37. <laughs> yeah, so up until about a month ago. So, okay, it all started. I found, like, this new feature in my Garmin which is like an old feature where <laughs> it automatically syncs with Strava. Like, I don't even have to do it. Oh, anything. my God. That is like, you can't tell people you're a coach and then not even know. Like, like oh, I knew that's... people did it, but honestly, like, I just, I really tried to separate myself from that stuff because I went through a really hard time with my own riding where when I was doing my PhD and coaching where I just honestly didn't want to think about biking. So I, for a long time, I didn't even record anything, and I would just so keep in notes. I definitely kept good notes in Training Peaks um, since I got Training Peaks, right? So I was always recording stuff, but I just didn't want to upload it just because I didn't want that extra burden. But, you know, now that I have a really healthy relationship with my, my own riding, and, you know, it, take, it took further. <laughs> After you said you're going to have to go to breaking yeah. <laughs> It, but you, yeah, it, it, so it, it, it sounds like you have an addictive personality. Like, yeah, this is, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna be hearing a lot of these negative <laughs> stories around your your, your Strava. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So 
Yeah, I, you're right. So, you are right. You're definitely right. But the fact is that now I can auto-sync and things are going into Strava and then I started to actually look at Strava. You know, because well, uh, my yeah. dad was like, hey, I see you got some KOMs. I'm like, what are you talking about? So I went and looked. I'm like, oh. I was like, oh, actually. So I have this favorite trail locally called Chewbacca and it's probably the dopest descent that you'll ever ride. And um, I noticed that I was now top 10 in Strava. I was like, that's pretty cool. I'm going to go faster. Um, and so, you know, after a series of weeks and times going there, I kept pushing the limits and, you know, eventually I just was going too fast and I crashed and I had a big, you know, my arm was all really banged up, which was a series of unfortunate events where I slammed my fingers in the car door and couldn't hold on to the bars anymore. And it was just a, just a bad week, really. Food poisoning. Um, so anyway. That's kind of why we're talking about Strava because I was complaining to Will about <laughs> myself crashing because <laughs> I'm chasing these stupid Strava KOMs down a hill. But anyway, there's no way in Strava to see how to get faster going down a hill. Right? Like you yeah. just, yeah, yeah. You're just kind of left to your own devices, like go faster. And actually, there's no you tools that exist. It's, it's, it's hard to see where what other people were doing yeah right because you don't know like maybe they cheated or maybe they pedaled really hard which you also can't really tell you can just see changes in speed but you can't see what they're doing so that's where i see the brake power meter going where you can look at actually what other people are doing and then try and change your strategy to get faster right so where you're using an informed approach rather than an approach where you're just kind of attacking things blindly and maybe you're pacing wrong or and you you just need information if you're going to improve, and that's where the brake power meter fits. So I've been really focused lately on designing these metrics to make the data really easy to use. And that is priority number one, and it has been for, you know, probably the last eight months, is just making the data really easy to use. And I think we're getting there, and it's just, it's super exciting. So now, um, instead of just thinking about it before and after I wake up, um, you know, I'm thinking about it all day, this breaking stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, because I remember, like, way back, you are initially saying the breaking data. So, obviously, you know, if you just go start to finish down a hill on a trail, you have no idea sort of how you went about that. With the with the breaking data that you provide that no one else does, you can see, oh, I was breaking here, I braked really hard here. And then you would be able to get a, that score, that flow score, and although maybe I was top 10 on Strava, you know, down the track, I may have a really shitty flow score, which means my capacity to improve is greater than maybe the first guy or even like the 15th guy who had the flow score of like really high, but maybe isn't in his fit, right? It just adds that next level. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that flow score was really key. So once we came up with the flow score and it made the data easy to use, Right. And then we're able to start to come up with all these new metrics kind of based around that. So, yeah, it's been really exciting. There's new developments every week. And uh, I really do think that one day either we'll have our own Strava style app where you'll be looking at your downhills or a whole ride and you'll be analyzing your braking against your friends or yourself, comparing your own, your own rides to yourself, which we can do already. And um, I think once it's integrated with Strava, um, it, it's just going to make people more uh, addicted to Strava, if if that's even possible, right? Because then you can see what other people are actually doing. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. So, you know, that's kind of why I'm using Strava as well, like looking for new features, like, oh, do we implement this, implement this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but Strava's pretty good, like with all the features that they show just based on GPS. Uh, that's that's pretty nice. but um, it's about being safe too, and I think that's really important. So, so that's the update. That's the update. All right. So, Will, I mean, I'm just kind of wondering how much training you've done this week. We know that, um, unfortunately. 
we were about to record the podcast, and then you're like, well, actually, I'm a bit busy. Busy. Right. So I called Will at our normal podcast time, like, hey, what's going on? We got to do the podcast? And where were you? You are at the hospital. Um, I was at the hospital. But you weren't yeah. hurt. <laughs> nah, I was not. I was far from it. Yeah. No, Matt, you announced it. You released it on the previous episode. Uh, I became a dad. Wow. Said maybe it would happen before next episode, and it did. So I am over the moon. Um, it's a pretty special feeling. Uh, something like, yeah, I just, I can't even describe. And I won't get into it in too much detail because I remember, uh, before I was even thinking about being a dad and I'd listen to people talk about their kids and you're like, oh, I don't really care. That's exactly kind of what I'm thinking. I, no, actually, exactly. no, 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 because I do, you know, because we're pretty good friends, right? And yeah, we're up there. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so like, I, I'm an uncle. Which is pretty exciting to me. But, yeah. um, nobody really wants to hear you talk about, about it too much. But it is pretty cool. Like people that can relate, right? Are like, wow, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So the, the biggest one I was like, my, my wife, uh, Emma, you know, she's a professional cyclist for, for five years, you know, road world championships at the elite level and, uh, and run ultra marathons now. And so we're like, you know, they talk about, oh, pregnant, you know, giving birth is like painful. And, and then Emma's like, I think, you know, I'll be all right. I can, it can't be harder than running a hundred kilometers. That, that was, that was hard with some of the big races that she's done. And, uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> it looked excruciating. I can't even imagine it being in that level of pain. It was, just, it was like, you know, like they, they say you can't describe it and I'd say I would describe it. This is how I think I described it to you. If you'd been in a car crash and like severed your leg and then someone started jabbing a hot poker in it, like it looked that painful. Wow. It just, it just, except there was like, there's like no way to finish, like no way to just like ask someone to stop poking your leg. It's mm. like, nah, until you give birth, this is how painful it's going to be. Wow. Uh, but I mean, yeah. So now we have James Alistair O'Connor, the um, I don't know. Next, um, I'll probably force him into a lot of sports. Yeah, you pretty much have to like for him to be good, right? Specialize him pretty young, like six months. Um, he should be a so, specialist in a sport. Yeah. So you make sure you burn him out. Right. <laughs> I need to pick the right sport that. Uh, that will be profitable, like, you know, have a large prize money and endorsement oh. pool in, I guess, 10 years, 10 years old, 10 years old. Okay. Um, well, eSports. Damn, that's a yeah, good one. Yeah. E-sports, e-sports are, are blowing up. Yeah, they're coming along. And you, you need to be pretty young to do that, actually. Like, old people. What about this new um, eSports, real sport crossover, like Swift? Okay. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I could see that. But, like, if you're going to do that, you could also be good at real sport, too. Just need to be good at exercising. So, True. yeah. I don't know. But, um, I think we need to talk about your son's nickname, which is Jimothy. It's not. <laughs> but I, I really like that name. So I'd like, really like to stick with that when I see him. So. All right, so his um, name's James. Jimothy. Yeah, so you, I guess you didn't train them much this week. Uh, I actually hasn't been too bad. Okay. Like, so I had a really big week. I was kind of squeezing training in, and we talked about it on the, on my last report, and also put up a video, um, on like analyzing my, my training stress score. And so I squeezed in, and then I was, you know, obviously pretty tired. And so I had a few days off, and then, so James was born on his due date, which like never happens. Oh wow! So I thought, oh yeah, I'll be able to get have a few days off, and then I'll get you know get squeezing a couple more before he probably arrives. You know, most most um, children are born their first the first child is born after their due date, and but then that didn't happen. He was born on his due date. So then I, I was like another couple of days training, I missed, and like obviously I didn't care at the time. Far more important um, to support Emma and 
my child, but you still have those thoughts, you know, like, oh, fuck, I'm getting unfit. <laughs> I need to get training and, oh, I did all that hard work. And um, regardless, you know, I think we're just that way inclined. Um, and then, you know, afterwards, it's, it's pretty hard because a guy can't really help. Like, we can't breastfeed and then the, the child pretty much just, like, sleeps and eats and then needs its nappy changed. Uh, so yeah diaper um and i can only really help with one of those things um Hmm. so yeah i don't you're not very useful are you not really so yeah i can still train okay so (laughs) business as usual so pretty yeah business as usual um and then after that like recovery week i felt amazing so a great week of training i did a session this morning Five by four hundreds before my first ever five thousand meter track race on Friday. So in a few days, uh, we're recording on Tuesday. It'll be Friday uh, night. The race night of fives up in uh, Auckland, and man, I lit it up this morning. You know when you just like you're on and you just want to really put the work in, yeah, and just push yourself beyond, and you just feel it. Like it was raining. I just yeah it was it was awesome so i've never been under 16 minutes and i think that's pretty comf i don't want to say comfortably on the cards but i'm keen to see see how fast i can i can run yeah and you know i want to we'll we'll touch on it next week but this is some people sort of said why are you doing a 5000 meter when you're building up for the tatawera ultra 100k race and it's still super super important to keep that speed in because now, you know, if I can run just over three minute Ks for, for 5K, it's going to make, you know, running five minute Ks a lot more comfortable come, um, come February. Yeah, cool. Well, shout out, uh, Jimothy. Shout out, Mumsy. Trust Mumsy's doing all good. And, um, yeah, she's a, she's a long time listener. Yeah. Sweet. Well, hopefully they don't block you from training too much. And, um, cause, you know, February's not too far away. So. Yeah, no, we got a calendar. Okay. So we wrote it up. Okay, that's good. Wrote up when we're... I get, I'm banking my, my training and racing uh, now because, you know, once once he's old enough to be bottle-fed, Emma's going to be out there getting amongst oh, it. Oh, yeah. She'll be getting her own QOMs. K-O-Ms. Yeah, she's got a few in the forest, yeah. so... Okay. Yeah. Sweet. All right, Matt, this week in sports that we talk about, the Strava 2019 data report. This is interesting. Mm. Now, we've we've postponed the uh, mountain bike gift list. Yeah, I'm pretty bummed, to be honest. But we're still going to get it out before Christmas. But this fits with the, the Strava. Yeah. The Strava yeah. episode. Like, we have to talk about this with Strava. 19 million activities logged per week so i i know you use strava right i do like how many people that you know who are runners that use strava everybody everybody it's like why what do they use it for showing off showing off okay so what what are you showing i'm just curious uh you know like how what's the runner's approach are you looking do you have downhill segments in running you have courses you don't have courses no you have courses so you have course records and then you have kom okay Oh. Um, so, you know, like if it's a flat race, like if it's a race, say a marathon or whatever, there'll be a course record for the marathon. Oh, on Strava. Or if it's just like, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Or if it's like a big section. Um, so, you know, locally in Rotorua, there's the Blue Lake and there's that track that goes around the Blue Lake. Yep. 5.5 kilometers. So I say about three miles. Super popular one. So there's a course record because you can't really have the king of the mountain on a you know sort of loop trail yeah it doesn't work yeah so it's called a course record uh so people are pretty keen on those as well as just some people are on purely to stalk other people's training and other and then other people are on just to just to show 
show what they're up to. And some people use it as their pure source of like uh, data record, like training diary. Yeah. I mean, it, it's pretty handy, right? Like you just push record, it records, and it's there forever. For everyone to see, for you to see. And actually, it syncs automatically with Endurance Training Hub and Smart MTB Training, Strava. That it automatically well. fills out your calendar, which is super handy because we have other analytics in those softwares too. Um, and it marks that you've done your workout for the day and everything. It goes green. Yeah, which you need, right? You need to know that you're doing it right. And that, that makes it easy for us as coaches as we look through our what our athletes do and we see things are green. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, we're on track. We're on track. But um, I guess when I was using Strava, that, that was when I was getting pretty heavy into the... Um, I was kind of transitioning out of XC into Enduro. So I was still going for some uphill KOMs, but then they also had downhill KOMs, which then I started to get really into. Um, and then I moved to New Zealand, and suddenly the tracks were way different than I was, anything I was used to, and there were berms and jumps and stuff, so I just stopped using Strava. So I was like, well, this isn't <laughs> going to happen. Although I did one time yeah. get one in Rotorua, which I was very proud about. But I don't think... Really? It, yeah, split ends. The, the original split ends before they wow. replaced it. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I ever used it to keep track of training because I always kept track of my training elsewhere. But definitely I was using it to see how fast different sections were and see if I could beat that. So that was pretty much all I was using it for was to see if I could beat someone else um, or to be sad if someone was much better than me. Yeah, yeah so, you know, it's because it's not fair for someone, like, there's professionals out there running and riding and swimming those those courses, so you can't, like, have a, you know, your dad competing against the likes of Chris Froome. Right, and my dad loves Strava. Okay, so your dad likes Strava. Yeah, he loves it, he loves it. But I think you kind of use it in a similar kind of socially kind of way. Right? Because you do run squads, you do run yeah, squads. We, like <laughs> it's really, it's um there there's just so it's one of those things that was designed one for one thing, but has so many different applications. So we have the Rotorua Trail Running Club, which is, you know, almost three hundred members strong, very active membership base. And we run these monthly challenges. And they're all done through a combination of Facebook and Strava. So you'll have the, the games master and they'll say, all right, this week it's about elevation or um, you need to log a personal best on this segment. And, you know, so then we, everyone goes, oh, yeah, cool. I'm going to go to that segment. And you get bonus points for logging a personal best, bonus points if you run it as many, you know, many times as possible. And so then we can, you know, it's it's like a a game and you can track everyone sees it very easily. Uh so if me and you are like, all right, Matt, who can who can run, you know, the Mukapuna track in Rotorua the most times? They had the Mukapuna marathon. It's a four kilometer track and they did a marathon on it. Um and you got bonus points. You know, so we, we use it that way. And I I'm personally I mainly use it for sharing my training and especially like my heart rate zones um, and the level of intensity I train at. I really like to share it for that. I don't really scroll it that often um, purely because my life and my job revolves around scrolling, looking at, looking, <laughs> <laughs> looking at people's training. So I don't really want to look at people's training as in my own time, um, yeah. <laughs> so I don't. I don't use it for scrolling. Uh, I will do after an event. I will. Like so if I know you, heaps of people are doing it, so I can I can see. Okay. But not you know like your dad. Like he's a he's a Strava scroller from way back. Yeah, he, like you said, he's gonna do that in preference of Instagram yeah. or YouTube or something. Yeah, and then like there's some people, man, they are just. They're right into it. They want to look at every everyone's workout. 
how hard it was, like where they went. Kind of scary. Kinda yeah. Kind of stalkerish. Yeah. But it's where, it's, so I, it's where we're at. I went on this group ride uh, a few weeks ago, and I I knew pretty much all the guys that I rode with, and but I'd never actually ridden with them before. So um, it ended up being a much longer slash harder ride than I would ever do on my own. Like we're pretty much at tempo for three hours, which cool. um, is just not something I do. And but you know, which was cool is like cool to, to kind of change it up. But I felt like I was pushing a bit hard. I was pretty tired after. Um, but most of the time, what the conversation was about, not most of the time, but a lot of the time things would come up like what this person did on Strava and um, did, oh, did you see this guy's week? like someone did this massive like 200k mountain bike ride or something so then we're talking about oh well how can we do this ride as well and suddenly i'm kind of like getting amped up to try this ride and then i'm thinking oh but i don't even know this guy but suddenly i care and um but and it wasn't until then that i actually started to realize um like how much people really do like strava and i think i told you the kind of the next day that i was like just so surprised at how um, like Strava was such a big part of every why, like of everyone's ride. Like maybe not why they were riding or anything like that, but at the end of your ride, it's on Strava and it's there forever, and you can see what everyone else did. And I was just really, just kind of surprised. Yeah, I was like, wow. Yeah, I'm gonna get into this Strava thing. But um, there's a moment for everyone. Yeah, I th- where that happens. Where you'll play around with it or, you know, like, oh, I'll join up, I'll sync it. Oh, there's an auto sync and that's pretty cool. And then you'll start to look or you'll start to talk to someone and they'll talk about a feature. You know, I'll check that out. You know, and then, and then, then you're in it. Yeah. Then you're on. Start getting some kudos. Oh, yeah. That's where someone gives you a thumbs up for your ride. Yeah. I found kind of like out. liking on Facebook. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Then, then, like now, then, <laughs> then you're crashing. Yep. Down Chewbacca. Yep. Trying to impress nobody. Yep. Like, no one actually cares if I go two seconds faster. So, I mean, I did eventually get to ninth. Just, um, just to, you know, clear, clear the air. It's, but I'm not anymore, right? Cause someone else, you know, then got ahead of me. But, um, no, I don't think anyone cared if I went faster, right? I'm still the same guy. Um, but yeah, like, uh, but you know, as you were kind of telling me about the running stuff, I was thinking, okay, I already know what we're going to talk about next because I already see the issues here, right? So I can see how it's a really nice thing to get people out to go for the most elevation or to mm-hmm. go for the P- PB in the segment week after week. But as coaches, like we also know that some of that stuff isn't sustainable. No, no, it's not. And as coaches, like Strava is like our enemy in a way. It is, yeah. Well, it can be. It can, yeah. Like, so it has nice features like syncing your data automatically, uploading it, being nice and simple to look at, having, well, they used to have support for heart rate monitors and power meters, which I guess they don't anymore. We can touch on that. But, um, in, the way I see it is it really makes people go a bit harder than they need to more often than they need to when Strava is involved. And I think that's when people kind of get trapped. You know, we've, we've all raced and we've all had that thought, that self-doubt or that anxiety of how people are going to perceive us if we don't do well. Okay, uh, I battle with it a lot. Like, I actually battle with it more now Um then you know now that i've won races and i've gotten faster than i did when i was trying to get faster and trying to get on the podium you know now i now i think people are going to judge me if i don't do well uh, <laughs> because i have done well um and anyway we've we've all done it we all we've all thought it and that used to just center really around races maybe some track you know some local you know, everyone has club races or some sort of event that on on some night of the week centered around around that time trials. But now it's every single session, and I've I've been in it. 
I've been in it. I've been on a run going, you know, this is a pretty good pace. I've been <laughs> averaging a pretty good pace here. Like, I was, I'm like a bit tired. I was going to just chill out today, but if this, if I average 430s for this run, that's going to look pretty good. <laughs> you know, people are going to be pretty impressed with this. That's like, so stupid. It's <laughs> the stupidest thing to think. Yeah, especially um, when you bet, put it that I've, way. Like when you uh, think I've about I've worked it. on, <laughs> yeah, like that, like, and uh, the mental skills, the sports psychologist, Jay, that we had on the show who I work with. Um, yeah, because you hired you know, him after that episode. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> we we go over, we, we work on a lot of that stuff, and part of it is um, uh, di- uh, diffusion strategy, which is think about it kind of thing. Mm. Like, is this a rational thought? Like, actually, no, it's not. But without that equipment, without those mental skills practices, like, you just, you think, oh, well, people will be more impressed if I'm always running four-minute Ks than if I run five-minute Ks. Yeah. It's just I, how it is. But, like, but they're it's not. no different than you going down that hill, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, I just want to, like, ride my bike. I love riding my bike. Now I feel pressured to actually go fast mm. because everyone's look you you think everyone's looking at what I did on that segment. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're not. No, no one cares. Um, and I think, honestly, I think I knew that no one cared. But I just, I don't know. What, what, but yeah, I added that pressure and then it just, yeah, it just didn't, doesn't go, doesn't go right all the time. I can see though, like, so, like, there are times, though, in training when you want to push yourself, when you need to push yourself, right? So, if my goal was to get faster at going downhill, Strava is a great tool, right? Because... Yeah, and, like, seeing where you're at on a particular scene, you know, maybe you, maybe you don't realize how hard the track is or how hard that climb was, and you thought you didn't do so well, and then you see where you stack up, and you're like, oh, actually... All of those guys or girls that I normally race against, they're, they're around what I did. Oh, okay, that's not so bad. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I think it, it's really good. It's almost like, yeah, I guess not a way to equalize, but a way to just figure out where you are without racing, in a way, right? But the, you know, at the same time, when you're looking at someone else's ride, or you're not, you don't know how hard they were going as well. Well, you can kind of look. Like, a lot of people will have their heart rate data there. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm still just on the fence of whether <laughs> it's a good thing or a bad thing. Well, that's our discussion. That's all so, we want to... I mean, convince me, Will. I need I need you to tell me, like, is it good or is it bad? Oh, man. I can't decide, honestly. For the most part, it's pretty bad. Okay. Um. So, where have I found it bad? Like I spoke about thinking I need to impress people that don't exist um, and also seeing other people I race against. Um, knowing competitors of mine, having a look, whoa, they just did, you know, 160k a week, 100 mile a week. I haven't done that. I just had a rest week. So now you're like, oh well, I gosh, did 60. Yeah, I did 60k, I did 160. How am I supposed to run as fast as them when they're doing all of that? And then... You see, like, a session they did. Oh, you know, I just, I actually had someone hit me up because I did a 40K run in the weekend. And so I was like, oh, do I need to do that? Like, and I was like, oh, well, it fits in with my plan and blah, blah, blah. You know, like, but I did one 40K run as part of, like, my overall training plan towards Tatawera. And um, we we were talking about it's, it's called filling the gaps. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that all of my training is on Strava. And you can see what I did every single day. People will look at that one hitter session you did. And they just assume that that's what you're doing every single day. Despite the fact that they can see it. <laughs> you know? That's fine. Like, I'll look at different people and I'll go, damn. They just did that? Oh, I haven't done that. You know, I can't do that. I wouldn't be able to do that session while running that much and and you think you also think like that's what makes them good that's what makes them better than you 
you also see what um, either power outputs on the bike or running pace that they're doing, even though they're professionals and they are better than you. And you go, well, I need to run at three minute Ks. I need to push 300 watts. I need to, if I can average 300 watts for my entire three hour ride, I'll be as good as them. Wow. You know, but they're, they're so much better <laughs> than you. Um, so comparing yourself against like unrealistic opponents is, is not good. You know, because you have access to all these professionals and and really good age group people like myself, and you go, oh well, you know, Will's Will's banging out like 40, 50k runs in the weekend. He's doing a track session and he's doing, you know, at least a hundred kilometers a week. That's what I need to do. It's like, well, that's it's been a long road to get here. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're only seeing like the really really good things. You know, I, cause I'm sure there are some people out there who won't upload maybe an easy run or an easy ride just because it, like, we can go private. Yeah. So it doesn't well, need actually to be on the trial. weekend. I did a three K, I did a three K time trial, um, as part of the, uh, the, my five K prep and I didn't want to wear my watch. I didn't want any, I wanted to run off of feel. I was, uh, doing it with one of the guys that I work with, Ian. And so we went, no watch, no watch for the warm up, no watch for the whole session, just like completely off the of feel, just trying to feel the pace, trying to feel the intensity, trying to feel my body, my stride, how it was all going, rather than like having some external influence tell me if I'm running fast or slow. Um, and so like I haven't uploaded that because there's no, there's nothing to I'm, upload. Yeah, I mean, some would say if you can't upload it, it didn't happen though. Yeah, well. People can take that. <laughs> um, so some people are hiding their hard sessions as well. Oh, okay. You know, like people don't want to see, people don't want to let you know that what they do, you know, um, some of the athletes I coach, they had everything on private. They still use it, see where they stacked up, but they didn't want other people knowing what I was giving them in terms of a training oh, plan. I see. So protecting um, their investment in you. Yeah, I guess the one thing though that Strava is kind of good for is like, you know, you don't need to compare yourself to other people. You can always compare yourself to you, which is actually a really handy feature. Yeah. And, you know, I haven't found any other platforms that really do that. Sunto started. Um, but Strava does it really well. Where you go, all right, I want to do a time trial. I'm going to do this course kind of thing. And maybe. Your time wasn't great, but you can look at, hopefully, whatever sport you're doing, you have a power meter. Uh-huh. And you can go, ah, oh, right, okay, I was 10 seconds off, but my power is way quicker, way, way higher or lower, whatever. Right, so then you could know whether you became more efficient or maybe you took a shortcut, maybe. But, um, <laughs> you know, the, it's nice, though, to be able to, you know, say you have all your st- data on Strava for years and you go back to an old segment that you used to do. And you're like, oh, well, actually, I'm a minute faster than I used to be. Like, obviously, my training is working. And actually, now that I think about it, my effort that I did that segment in, I got m- there's more in me when I know a couple of years ago I was able I was going as hard as I possibly could. So now not only was I not going as hard as I could, but I also went faster. My training must be working. Do you know I use that? So they have this feature, Matched Runs. So we have our local 5K on every second Thursday over summer. And uh, I did a did a blinder. Felt great. So then I clicked on Matched Runs, had a check. So this was, was this December? Would have been December still. So December, um, just beginning of December. And then I had a look at how I did over the, series of runs last year and i didn't reach uh 16 sub 17s until march this year of the series that starts in november goes through to march whereas now in december beginning of december i'm already banging out sub 17s this is a particularly hard course um but just as a comparison i can see like what i did each week you know each run and then what i'm doing this year and they're all trending, you know, they're all lower. It's like, oh, okay. It's, uh, it's really, you know, just within one click, I can see what I've done on that course over the history of me running it. 
Yeah, that's pretty cool. But I also think it's a tr it's a trap in a way because we know for a fact that there are wild inaccuracies in in Strava. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, it's the way they smooth the data. So we've been running into some of these issues as well when we're looking at our GPS and we're trying to kind of so we have a super accurate GPS with a brake power meter and it's sampling at 50 times a second and it's recording at 50 times a second. Um, and we've tested it around this tiny, tiny little circle, four meters in diameter. And I rode around this circle multiple different directions and we tested to see how accurate it is. And it's... Well, I mean, you'd only have two different directions. Yeah, that's true. We went both ways both directions <laughs> and we tested it and then overlaid it and we're like wow that is pretty accurate for a gps like it's pretty much bang on 50 times a second um yeah. and then when we get the data from a track that we're looking at and we overlay it and then we we go through multiple steps um to to smooth it and the tracks are so far off of each other after we after we do that stuff. So like the tiniest little inaccuracy in the GPS is going to be amplified when you apply these filters to the GPS. So imagine yeah. then that you're using your phone as the GPS and it's recording data every one second. Okay, so now we're getting results where the margin for error is huge because it's one second um, and that then we're smooth we're smoothing it over uh, an inya accurate sensor and we're just getting just huge errors um in it um and i don't know what else is going on in the back end of strava but we know that uh, there've been reports and you can search this online like someone using a stopwatch versus someone using their strava the times are it could go one way or the other and you can't really predict which way it's going to go yeah. And yeah, sometimes it's super favorable. <laughs> yeah, like sometimes you'd be like, "Wow, man, I killed it." And then someone will flag your your ride. Um, you're like, "Oh, how did I actually go 20 seconds faster?" I don't know about. It. Well, I'll take it cuz I was 20 seconds faster, you know? You're not going to throw your own result out. You'd be like, "Well, I just got <laughs> way better." Right? Mm -hmm. But then you can never repeat it. So the problem is that we're using a sensor that is wildly inaccurate to base what we decide our training, our next steps in training, which is an issue, right? And that's a problem where using time as your benchmark, and especially time via Strava, is kind of an issue because it's inaccurate, and we also know time isn't the best way to track our performance just because of other factors that are going to contribute to how fast we went. Yeah, sometimes... Are we doing 1K repeats, right? And and even like Strava says 1.00 kilometers. And as the time that it took me, three minutes. And then it has the speed, 255 minutes per kilometer. Like that doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Come on, guys. <laughs> It's simple mathematics. It took me three minutes. I went one kilometer. How have I run faster than that? But yeah, I'll see stuff like that all the time, you know, but people are, are because of the smoothing issue, mm. where the, the way they're feeding the channels at which they've been fed time, distance, and the way they've calculated distance and the points at which they've used and then how they've calculated speed are through different channels. So they've grabbed, the, let's just say, the start and the finish of that kilometer, and the start and finish of time, and the start and finish of average speed. Again, another smoothing of total data and data points, which have previously been smoothed. We now have like just something that makes absolutely no sense. Mm, yeah. But you know what will solve that issue? Is using a power meter. So uh, why? It's not gonna well, it's not going to solve the GPS issue. But it's going to solve yeah. the issue that we have when we're comparing like lap to lap or effort to effort. Right? Because then we're able to actually look at power and see what we actually did. 
see what we actually yeah. did. Instead of look, relying on a sensor that we know isn't going to be the most reliable. Yeah. But then when do you, when do you start, when do you start trusting something? I know. And that, cause that's the other issue. It's, it's like, well, I think we just need to accept a little bit of an inherent error in a system and just say, okay, well, I know it's not going to be the most perfect thing, but I'm going to use it as a nice little benchmark and I'm going to just go with it. And I think that's where kind of Strava fits in. Not yeah, perfect. I, and we, one time, I can't even remember which episode it was, but I said, as a starting point, it is amazing. You know, the way they they portray and display your analytics, your data, like your heart rate, just very, you know, I don't want to say basic because it is, you know, it's it's the next step above what you might get on Garmin Connect or something. And it, so it showed, okay, these are my zones, this is my time in zones, my percentage time in zones, heart rate zones or power zones or pace zones, intensity zone. And you're like, oh, okay, I, I see this now. That's pretty cool. I can see my laps. Oh, yeah. I can see how this changed. It has gap um, for running, grade adjusted pace. So you're like, oh, I was running uphill, but if I wasn't, it's suggested I'd probably be running five minute Ks rather than eights. That's cool. So it's got, you know, it's got everything there. It has on the desktop version, not on your phone. It has the fitness and fatigue. So you can start to get into that, you know, at a basic level. Like, oh, yeah, I see. So when I stopped, my freshness went up, my fatigue went down. This is cool. Yeah, I see this. And so it provides a lot of that in in a very easy to understand and accessible way, far more than the more complex systems that, that we use, you know, in-depthly. Okay. So I think I think we could probably agree then as a general consensus on Strava, good or bad, I think we can say for sure that it's easy to use. It's pretty good, yep. but you definitely can't use it as to make huge decisions on in your training. It's a it's a training diary, you know, and it's an amazing one. Super easy to use. You've got all of these segments and things that you can compare yourself and others to, uh, you know, your performances. So you're like, so that's, and then you've got the social aspect of it. So even though maybe you're a loner and like you, Matt, you know, you don't really train with anyone. No. But you can you can feel like you're training with people. That's true. You can see what other people are up to. But that that is the as what I would consider the positives. Yeah. But the negatives, I think that it's a potential huge trap that you could get stuck going way too hard, way too often. And to me, that trap is a very very dangerous one that can have really detrimental effects, long term, short term, kind of everything. So. I think user beware, you know, use it, but just, you know, don't get, don't get trapped into it. Yeah. Know what you're getting into. It can be rough. I know plenty of people that are just think that their, it, their efforts have to look a certain way. Yeah. And we've both so. been there. <laughs> everyone has, yeah. you know, everyone has, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I was into Strava and then I deleted it. I was like, I can't be bothered dealing with this. This is too much. Is too much. Mm. At the same time, actually, Matt, around when we we're trying to finish our our thesis, uh, and you're like, I just don't need anyone judging me right now. <laughs> Got plenty of that. All right, Matt, the Strava report. The 2019 year in review. Now, you've done statistics before, so I thought you'd be quite interested to see how they've manipulated their statistics in this report. And uh, Matt and I have gone through, we've picked three of our favorites. Okay, so are we are we thinking that they manipulated the results to highlight how good Strava is? No, they're just, you know... Like, we've got our three, but I'll just give you one. I'll give you one. Because they have, like, the fastest-growing shoes, fastest-growing bikes, um, and, like, it's year-on-year growth. So, number one is the Hoka Carbon X shoe. 
That didn't exist a year ago. So, you know, okay. like some of it, some of the data is really good. I think we've picked out a couple of good ones. Um, but there are some of them that are like that. And you're like, come on, man. I did that think it was funny, sense. actually, to look at those. I was like, oh, I wonder if these companies paid to get in there. But I mean, maybe that's all right. Right. Now I want those <laughs> shoes because now I know really. everyone has them. But, you know, maybe what it should show is who. No, not <laughs> everyone has them. Everyone just bought them this like yeah year on year growth so they have been increased in popularity relative advertising is just getting me already i almost pushed order on those shoes but (laughs) (laughs) all right matt so my first one is the secret to motivation is what they've titled it they've said plan for success so when you're a summit member which is like their premium member you're able to set goals like weekly goals or like a monthly goal whether it's time or duration or something like that and they're saying that those people who set goals in january are likely to be more active through the remainder of the year than those who did not set goals in january so that's pretty interesting okay okay That's pretty good, actually. And they have a nice chart here, and it goes from January to September. And for Summit members, who they analyzed, 95% of Summit members are still active in September if they set a goal. Yeah, compared to 87% who didn't set a goal. That's a a notable difference, right? Um, I guess what I'm kind of wondering is, like, what do, what do they mean by active? Does this mean that if we set a goal, um, we're consistently training, we're consistently giving kudos? Yeah, you know? like, are you what active do you think? on the platform? Or, see, the the way I see it is, act, like, if I did 20 hours in January and 95% of that, because I set a goal, in September I'm doing, you know, 18 hours, whereas if it's only 87%, then... Well, I mean, that's almost, yeah, it's still 18 hours. <laughs> but, you know, like that's <laughs> the way I see it. Like you're, you're doing 80%, 87% of the work in September that you did in January if you don't have a goal. Okay? Okay. What do you, okay. what do you think? Yeah. That's what I think, you know, because like, okay, so we've written papers that we've published, yeah. right? And we know that when we show a graph, we're not making things up. For sure, we're not making things up. We're just presenting the data that fits around our agenda. Yeah, totally. Right. So when I read these kind of reports, I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, Strava, how are you trying to trick me right now? So the way I read this is in September, as a summit member, you're 95% 95% of you are still on Strava scrolling if you set a goal. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not sure if I take this as someone is still completing their training, but maybe it doesn't matter because if they set a goal, they're still using Strava more. So we don't know if they didn't set a goal on Strava if they're training at all, right? Because there is a reduced rate of um, people staying on Strava Summit and using Strava Summit um, if they didn't set a goal. So I'm thinking it, it's leaning more towards how much are they scrolling versus how much they're sticking to their training. But I would be really interested to see a specific statistic on you know, how someone is sticking to their training plan. Because we know, you know, as coaches, we know having a goal, like, that's how you train, right? That is, that's how you get better, is having a goal, coming up with a plan, and then making it happen. Yeah, totally, yeah. Right, so without a goal, like, what's actually happening? Yeah, yeah, and also, like, even those reference points and stepping stones. So the goals are, the goals are are really important, long-term and short-term, you know, like, having the I'm going to be doing a marathon at the end of the year and I'm going to try and run. They even say here, raising the bar, athletes aiming for three activities a week instead of two 
tend to be more consistent, resulting in two times more activities over the year. Wow, okay, so that's interesting That's to me. pretty big, man, yeah. That's really interesting. Because someone, big said, deal. someone yeah. hasn't said anything, they've been like, oh yeah, maybe I'll do two. Someone said, I'm going to commit to trying to do three, and they end up doing twice as much as those who said, I'll just do two. And we know maths, hmm. three isn't twice as much as two. Is it, indeed, it is only 1.5. Um, that's that's a really interesting result to me. Um, I guess it would be really, you know, I, I would just want to, this is such a rabbit hole, isn't it? Like, I see one result, I'm just wondering, oh, okay. I don't know if this is the scientist in me or the guy that loves staring at brake power meter data, but I just want to know more about the data. You can request it. Mm. Oh, okay. I might have to do that, actually. So instead of becoming, like, obsessed with Strava in looking at activities, I'm going to look at Strava annual business <laughs> report and obsess over that. Yeah, and then, like, say, like, oh, this would, this would be this a better is, way this to is cool for started, us. just so you know. It's been, like, a week. Does your Have whole you guys thought about this? Just, just being like, hey, <laughs> this is how smart I am. And this is what I've done for you for free. <laughs> yeah. And you'd have to take the approach of uh, a reviewer for oh, a so journal a article where you obviously try and make, yeah, make the other person feel dumb, like you're way better. So, yeah, that's how Anyway, goals, science. Matt. That, so, uh, goals are good. <laughs> Set some goals. Come on. 2020 is your year. Set a goal. Get a plan. Get amongst it. Now, we're doing this in order. And mine's page six, my next one. And what's yours, Matt? Page eight. Yeah. My one, page six, indoor season is 12 months long. This one I thought was like, I, you know, we had a feeling that indoor riding, Zwift, smart bikes, smart trainers is growing in popularity. Now, people aren't just doing it in the winter. It's gone from three years ago, 2% of cyclists were or the rides all the cycling rides that were uploaded 0.2 percent were virtual rides to five percent three years later that is just a ridiculous increase that, that's a big change from pretty much yeah, zero it's like pretty much none to man and then uh i don't know you know they say they got 19 million activities uploaded a week um it's very, very popular with cyclists. Maybe 50% of cyclists are on there. You could probably find it somewhere. Uh, and so 5% of um, 10 million uploads. Virtual riding, Matt, is is the future. Well, it's like Jimothy could be like a virtual yeah, cyclist. front of the show, we talked about that. You know, like there, it looks, yeah, yeah, like there could be a future for him in, in this. And we were talking about this stat the other day. And, you know, I was a bit, skeptical of this one as well no way really yeah yeah you know because so one of the things that you know we mentioned is okay well january that's winter in the northern hemisphere um so one of the ways that you could interpret this data is that zwift or virtual rides uploads increased in summer in july right yep so i kind of took the other approach where I'm like, well, does this instead mean that riders in the southern hemisphere have also started to upload virtual rides, right? Because there is this increase in July. So is this increase because more people are uploading rides indoors in the summer? Or is it because, you know, we have more people doing it in the winter around the world? And that's, that was kind of one of the things that I was wondering. What do you think about that? Overall, I think the title of indoor season is 12 months long and the fact that indoor riding is growing, I think it encompasses that. But you're also right. Potentially Strava and virtual riding just increased for the months of July because of the Southern Hemisphere's growth. Who knows? It could be. It could be. But I think like there's no disputing at all that virtual riding is on the increase well let's just look at 2015 to 16 report and they've got july 0.2 percent january 5.5 percent of all rides uploaded in those months 
were virtual rides. So that's 0.2 and 5.5. Three, fast forward three years to now, 5% in July and 15.2% in January. Like, regardless of how you want to interpret that, yeah, that is a huge increase in virtual riding. Yeah, yeah. But this is also, the stats are on share of cyclists, not share of rides uploaded. So there's a share of cyclists uploading virtual rides, which is another important caveat. <laughs> right? They really um, haven't I, presented I a lot of good data, have they? Well, you know, I think the data fits the agenda very nicely, but, you know, they're... I'm, not saying that they made it up they didn't make up anything at all like because we know and we totally believe that virtual riding is on the upload and we see it all the time with our clients how you know pretty much everyone that i'm working with as a cyclist they're they're doing zwifty kind of virtual rides that are syncing automatically to our training softwares that i can look at and i can build the workouts and whereas in 2015 that was definitely zero percent of the riders that I was working with. Oh yeah, like now I have um exportable workouts for like every single interval based cycling session. Because yep. there's just yep. so many. You know, whereas yeah, no way, no way three years ago in in New Zealand and Australia especially, people would have been like, Oh, can I have an exportable workout to do on um Zwift or Trainer Road or something? Like, what? No way. Now like every workout that I make I make it so it can be exported to um, vir- to uh, whatever the heck you want to call it, virtual ride, right? So you can put it on Trainer Road, Swift, any of your smart trainers. Every single workout I build, I build it that way because I know that's where the future, like that's where it's heading. Um, so we know for sure that people are riding indoors more, and I don't think that's a bad thing. You would even just, and in, in, I've, I've said it, I don't, I don't really know how to interpret this because I've said I've, I don't even know they've said like 30% of virtual rides are from runners I don't know what that means but I there's a local guy I was speaking to and he was like oh yeah I'm like he's a lawyer he's super busy it was winter he bought a, a treadmill that would sync to Zwift I'm like what? yeah so you know I did not know this was a thing this is a that's thing that's cool this is a thing, Matt. Like, it's not just cycling. You know, this is how cycling started. People are like, what? Indoor riding sucks. You know, now <laughs> it's it's just huge. I mean, but people have been doing that for years, right? Treadmills. Like, treadmills are notoriously great investment for something to hang your clothes on in the basement, you know? Yeah. Um, everyone I know has a treadmill. <laughs> because where the heck else are you going to dry your sheets in the winter? Uh, but now that you can upload it to Zwift, I think they have a whole new purpose. Yeah, to get a new smart treadmill. Yeah, that's amazing. So Matt, I wonder if you can hang more sheets on those. That is my two. Matt, what's your one? <laughs> well, my one, I just kind of wanted to look at the fastest growing tech because I was wondering, oh, are people using more power meters with Strava? But mm-hmm. Will told me not that long ago, a couple of days ago, Strava no longer supports these kind of devices. Is that an actual fact? That's a fact. And you should see the Reddit thread to boycott oh Strava and their oh support of external oh no. sensors. Yeah. You might have to link that in the description because I'm actually really interested to see that, but not as interested as I am in this annual report. <laughs> but you. It's kind of interesting to me. So world's hottest gear. So most popular shoes at um, certain races. Um, and there's, maybe there's a bit of branding stuff going on here. Fastest growing shoes, fastest growing bikes, which this one I never even heard of. A Trek checkpoint. It must be like a Fondo bike or something. Um, but I was, you know, I see on the right side, there's this fastest growing tech. New running devices, new cycling devices and workout apps but then i don't see new heart rate monitors new power meters new brake power meters (laughs) it's kind of just i don't know just not really impressive well i'm I'm impressed that um the polar vantage m 
is above the Garmin 40945. Yeah, I saw that. That I thought that was kind of weird. Like, I actually, when I think about um, portable computers for to record your exercise, I don't think of anything except the Garmin. First thought is Garmin, for sure. Yeah. And like, oh, you just record that on your Garmin, right? That's what I say. Yeah, and there's that oh. meme that goes around, like, if I collapse, pause my Garmin. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Like all the pros that cross the finish line and you always see them stopping their Garmin. Yeah, yeah, because otherwise... That should, that should be its own meme page. Right. But then in cycling devices, like, that makes sense. Garmin Edge 530, Edge 8... 30 and the third the wahoo element roam wahoo yeah. head units have haven't used one have heard amazing things and their heart rate monitors top notch super reliable okay. super accurate and um really easy to sync with like numerous devices out there like whether it's your phone um for who knows not strava um but some other app then or your different versions of head units and watches yeah no that's good because i do need a new heart rate strap so i'll uh i was looking at the wahoo once and now i'll get it yeah get, the, I get also, the ticker okay yeah that's the one i was looking at yeah. um i also saw these workout apps and i saw watt bike workout apps so i'm thinking does that also because i know the watt bike is an indoor exercise bike usually at like a gym or something so i'm thinking okay th is this also more an increase in indoor training um tech but they maybe they have an outdoor app i'm gonna have to look into that okay matt competition competition time this is a 199 dollar consultation with myself Dr. Will O'Connor, so you can talk to me about whatever sport, endurance sport you're doing, and we figure out when you're busy, when you're not, strengths, weaknesses, put together a 12-week plan, give it to you, and you go away with a goal, which is discussed, which is super important, and you know it's specific to you. So, the winner selected from the Endurance Training Hub and Smart MTB members list is v j so that's a v dot j from india wow congratulations oh yeah that's super cool because um that's awesome like our platforms are going global right yeah so hit um hit us up steve at endurance training hub.com to claim your prize, VJ. All right, Matt, that'll do us for this week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Remember, leave a review if you can. Share it with your mates. Help us get the word out. <laughs>